Welcome to just another episode of Just Another College Football Podcast. My name is Tommy Brzee, and today we're talking Week 5. A sneaky fun week this week. No elite marquee matchup, but plenty to watch, plenty to enjoy. So let's get to it. Alrighty, welcome back to Just Another College Football Podcast. My name is Tommy Brzee. And today we're talking week five, and let's just jump right into it because there's a ton to get to. Uh, we'll start with the game tonight, uh, 9 p.m. Friday, Utah versus Oregon State and Corvallis. Um, this is a game that uh, I think leaves a, a lot of people wondering where's Cam Rising. I think for a lot of uh, weeks we were wondering when we, was he going to get back. I think a lot of us expected him to be back by now. And he still isn't here, and it doesn't look like he's going to go in this one. Oregon State's favored by four points, so if that tells us anything, I think it means Cam Rising will not go for Utah, and that's obviously a huge um, blow to them because that defense is coming off a huge game where they played really well, but uh, a game that was obviously tough and a game that they had to pull out. Every possession mattered. Every possession they had to come up with a win, and they did. But uh, now you have to go to Corvallis on a short week, and I think it's kind of a tall task for Utah. I think they have have the guys to get it done. I think they have the pass, ru- pass rush to get it done. Cole Bishop's been awesome, obviously, but I think this one's a, a little bit tough for them. Oregon State's obviously coming off a really tough loss to Washington State, and I think that's one that's going to kind of stick with them, make them a little bit angry coming into this one. And I think especially that secondary is going to want to play a lot better and it, it helps that they don't have Cam Ward across the line of scrimmage. So I think I'm going to go Oregon State on this one. I know every week I say I shouldn't pick against uh, Utah. Never bet against Utah. They just keep winning. But I think this one's a really tough position for them to be put in, especially um, with the quarterback play that's kind of slowly deteriorated as the season's gone on. So I think Oregon State gets a big win. The Pac-12 keeps getting weirder, and... Utah is still wondering when Cam Rising gets back. We'll move right along to the Saturday slate, but we'll stay in the Pac-12. We'll go to USC Colorado, obviously a very marquee matchup. Colorado coming off an absolutely savage beating last week, honestly, against Oregon, losing 42-6 to and kind of getting knocked off a little bit of a pedestal that had been built around Colorado, but I still think this is a very good team. I I think they have a better shot this week than they did last week. Obviously, coming back home helps a ton, and having your home crowd behind you um, helps a ton, but I, I, I think this is a really tall task again. This USC team can beat you in a number of different ways. They're running the ball incredibly well, and Colorado does not have one of the best run defenses in the country by any means. Um, I think if Colorado had Travis Hunter in this game, this would be a little bit of a different story. They're going to need to take the ball away. Um, Caleb Williams hasn't turned over the ball this year, so a tough position for them to be put in, especially without their big playmaker on defense. I think without him and without a truly incredible uh, performance from Shadur Sanders in this offense, I don't think this one will be particularly close. Um, if Colorado is going to get it done, though, I think they have to start fast. They have to go up, you know, 7-10, 14-0. They have to get the crowd involved. They have to get all of this energy and uh, kind of bring their swagger out a little bit early um, to win this one. If not, if they're playing from behind, I think they really have no shot. USC is just going to put up too many points, 
And if you can't keep this USC offense on the sideline, you're not going to be able to win the game, period. You, you, you're you not really going to be able to go punch for punch with Caleb Williams. Maybe you'll be able to come close, but I think uh, it, it's going to be a tough day if they can't stop them a couple of times, take, a, take away the ball a couple of times, and at least give this offense a chance um, to have an c- extra couple of possessions to log some points um, late in this game because I think if USC starts hot, there's going to be very little chance that Colorado is going to be able to slow them down. So that being said, I, I'm going to go USC. I think USC wins pretty comfortably here. There's a reason they're favored by 21.5 points at Colorado. I think they, they run away with this one in the second half and win by at least 20. We'll move right into what I consider kind of the underrated game of the week. Uh, a great SEC matchup here. Florida goes to Lexington to play Kentucky. Kentucky only favored by one point, so if this was neutral site or at Gainesville, I think Florida's favored, but Kentucky gets the benefit of home field advantage, and I think that's kind of the story for me. Um, there's not a lot that separates these teams. Uh, Florida's been playing really well since the Utah game. The offense really does hinge on that run game, and they've been able to run it very well, but Kentucky's a really good run-stopping team, so if they can do that and force Graham Mertz into some spots where he has to make some plays, I think they can win this one. I think the real difference will come down to who can make the play on defense. I like this Kentucky defense. I think they're solid. Um, I think they might miss that you know top-end uh, playmaker maybe uh, in the back end. I think Maxwell Harrison is starting to kind of fill that role, but I think they will make a play either on defense or I think Tavion Robinson in the special teams game. He's a fantastic returner in the punt and kickoff game, so I think he could make a play. I think Kentucky wins this uh, one. I think it's super close throughout, very low scoring, but I'm going to go Kentucky to eke one out at home. We'll move right along to Kansas heading to Texas, an undefeated conference matchup, but Texas is favored by 16.5 points in this one. But I think this one has big upset potential. This Kansas offense has kind of started to find a groove. Jalen Daniels obviously missed week one with a back injury, but now is back. It's still rolling right along as he did last year before his injury. Devin Neal in the backfield next to him is absolutely elite. They have three really solid receivers on the outside, inexperienced O-line. So I think this offense brings a lot to the table. They can do a ton of different stuff. And with a guy like Jalen Daniels kind of um, pressing the buttons, calling the shots on that offense, they this guy's really the limit for this team. And this would be the game for them to make kind of a statement in the Big 12, not that they're here to just kind of, you know, get third, get fourth, get fifth, you know, be a solid Kansas team. I think this is a team that's capable of making the Big 12 championship, and this win would go a lot, uh, a long way to making that happen. As for the defense, I think they're improved from last year. That's only through four games, obviously, so it'll be interesting to see how that changes throughout conference play. But they're starting to kind of find their identity a little bit on defense. This is obviously the toughest test they've had thus far, but we'll see how they kind of respond to that. I think the one thing that people are asking going into this game on the Texas side is, is Texas looking forward to Dallas, looking forward to OU, getting ready for that huge matchup? And obviously it's a huge matchup. They they got to be ready for that one. But I, I really don't think they're they're looking forward at all. I think losing that game to Kansas in year one for Sark I think that's one that kind of sticks with him. I don't think he he likes that one at all, um, obviously. So I think 
he showed it last year when they won 55 to 14 in Lawrence. I think he takes this game very seriously. He's not overlooking Kansas again. He's not letting them um, come in unprepared against Kansas and, and get punched in the mouth. I think Texas comes away uh, or comes into this one very prepared. And I think they match up really well. I think Kansas really needs to run the ball effectively if they're going to get that offense going. And Texas has been one of the best run-stopping defenses in the country. They like their big, tall receivers on the outside, and those receivers are not necessarily the ones that have gotten Texas thus far throughout the season. It's been more the speed guys, the Isaiah Bonds of the world. So I I tend to lean that Texas will, will continue to roll in this one. And the, the big hinge part... Um, and this one is Quinn Ewers, obviously. He's played really well up to this point. He's just kind of been doing what's been asked of him. He has the most touchdowns with no turnovers in FBS right now, so he's playing mistake-free. He, he's doing what uh, needs to happen. He's executing the offense the way he needs to. And if he keeps doing that, I think uh, Texas should roll in this one. I like Texas to kind of pull away in the second half, maybe win by two scores, probably keep it within the 16.5-point Um spread but i like texas to win we'll get right on into the night slate here we got lsu going to old miss um 6 p.m lsu favored by two and a half points on the road and i think this is an interesting matchup because i think both teams are coming off games that kind of get them focused again lsu obviously coming off a performance against arkansas that they you know, I think they were expecting to win by more points. I think they were expecting to kind of control that game from the get-go, and that's just not how it went. The defense had kind of a tough day, got a couple of takeaways, but really kind of struggled. And I, I think that kind of gets them focused again, especially going into Oxford. You have to be very focused against this Ole Miss team, or they will get behind you. They will make big plays. And I think that's what Ole Miss is going to try to do. I think they're going to try to attack this LSU secondary they're still trying to find that identity, especially in that back end. I think they're trying to fit all those transfers in and kind of get that five or four guys out there as a co- uh, cohesive group. I think that's been a little bit tougher than they were envisioning, and going to Ole Miss might not help that a ton, but I think they might have a little bit of a bounce-back game here. Um, the big question for Ole Miss is obviously, can Quinchon Judkins be a factor for this Ole Miss team? And if he's not... In, in this game, and if he's not going forward, they're going to struggle, period, end of story. I think this offense, like all elite offenses, hinge on the hinges on the run game, and without Quinchon Judkins being a part of that run game, they're not going to be successful, uh, period. So this really comes down to can they get that run game going? Can they lean on LSU a little bit and keep that offense on the sideline? Um this is a, another game in the SEC West that it's uh, could really turn it on, on its head. It could really put a um, make this division even crazier than it already is, really. And I think it would put you know three teams with one loss, three teams that have a, a real shot in Ole Miss, LSU, and Bama, and even A and M would have a shot at that point. So it, there would be a ton of um, a ton to talk about in the SEC uh, West if. Ole Miss could pull this one off. I tend to lean LSU in this one. I think they have the playmakers on the outside. I think they obviously have not played necessarily their best football up to this point. They've taken care of business since the LSU loss, and that's really all you can ask for. But they haven't really quite hit their stride the way I think they're capable of. 
And I think this is another game where the LSU wide receivers and uh, Jaden Daniels make the plays to give the Tigers the win. I'll take the Tigers by about seven points. We'll move along to what some consider kind of the main event of the day. Notre Dame heads to Duke. Uh, College game day will be in town. Notre Dame favored by five and a half points here. And Notre Dame's got to be very locked in after a tough loss against Ohio State at home last week. They got to feel that game was a little bit stolen from them, uh, you know, on the last play. Uh, They're a play away from winning that game in a number of different places. So that's obviously a tough loss. But I think this Notre Dame team has the resolve, has the kind of mental fortitude to come back from that and play really solidly this weekend. And Notre Dame, the big thing for them is they got to get that run game going early. They got to open some windows for Sam Hartman because if they can't, it, it could be a long day for them again. Duke is a really solid team. They play obviously really good defense, and they've been able to stop the run when they faced it against Clemson. So I, I think Notre Dame is going to have to get that going if they're going to want to win this game. And if, if they drop two in a row to two really tough teams, especially going into a stretch where you have to play at Louisville, and then you have USC coming uh, to South Bend, it, it could be a tough look for Notre Dame, and it could start something of a skid. I think if Duke wins this game, it would be a really weird world to think about Duke being a really good football team, but I, I think it would be awesome. That Duke-UNC game later in the year would be awesome. I, I would love to see that rivalry kind of pick up steam in football and I, it would never match what they do in basketball, obviously. But I think it would be really fun to have both those sports really mean something in that rivalry and uh, get football back into the picture there. So I think that would be awesome. And I think Duke is very capable of doing that. Obviously, both teams are really well coached. They play good defense. They're led by veteran quarterbacks. I think Riley Leonard and Sam Hartman are about as senior to quarterbacks you could find in America right now. So I think we see a game that is really about the inches and really about kind of the bounce of ball plays, the the plays that kind of go up in the air and who can come down with the the 50-50 ball or who can come up with the fumble or who can make that one throw. And I tend to think Notre Dame will be able to win that battle. I think their defense will be able to maybe make a play or their run game will get going and they'll be able to lean on them a little bit. But I tend to think Notre Dame will come into this one very prepared and at least start this stretch where they have to play at Duke, at Louisville, and then USC coming to South Bend. They at least started off with a win, and then maybe at Louisville is a little bit tougher of a spot next week, but we'll get to that when we get there. I'll go with Notre Dame to win a big one at Duke this weekend. All right, we'll finish off here with some rapid-fire games. We'll go first, A&M going to Arkansas at 12 p.m. A&M favored by 6.5 here. And the story, obviously, going in is Connor Wegman is out for the year. That is a tough uh, break for A&M and obviously a tough break for him. Felt like he was kind of hitting his stride. But Max Johnson is able to run this offense really solidly and should be able to uh, give them a real shot in this game, I think. This is a game that uh, could come down to those quarterback performances and could come down to who can make that one play. So it'll be interesting to see how Max Johnson kind of adapts to not you know coming in just for the injured guy for a game, but starting that game and knowing he's the guy throughout. So we'll see how he adapts to that, and especially going on the road, it could be a, a, a tall task for him. But I, I think this one is an interesting one. I think Arkansas... 
had a really solid performance against LSU last week, and I think they will follow it up with a win this week. I think KJ Jefferson has a huge day, and I think the Aggies not aren't. I don't think this will be a long problem, but I think losing Wegman will leave them a little bit shell shocked and leave them a little bit susceptible to a loss here. I'll take Arkansas to win. Um, we'll move right along to Michigan at Nebraska. This is kind of Michigan's first big test here, and. Obviously, going on the road to Nebraska, a team that stops the run, which Michigan loves to do and loves to start every game with leaning on teams and kind of opening windows for J.J. McCarthy to throw into. If Nebraska can stop that, I think it could go a long way to beating Michigan. I think this uh, is a tough spot for Nebraska because I think Michigan kind of finds their way a little bit this week. I think they might start a little slow and... and, um, kind of have to you know make make up some ground maybe in the second quarter second half but I tend to lean that they'll make the necessary plays to beat uh Nebraska this weekend and probably win pretty comfortably we'll move along to Georgia going to Auburn a huge matchup obviously if you live in my part of the country it is one of the biggest rivalries and it it always lives up to the billing so not one to overlook even though Georgia is favored by two uh touchdowns I think Georgia needs to find a pass rush in this game. They've got to be able to get to Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, depending on which way Auburn goes. They've had some struggle at quarterback, so we'll see how that goes. But I think Georgia really does need to find a pass rush. They're tied for 11th in the SEC with on sacks right now, so they, they've got to find it at some point. And I think this weekend might go a long way to figuring that out, figuring out if that's going to be a problem for them year long or if that's just an early season problem that they've kind of uh, worked through. I do think Georgia will be able to roll in this one. I think the defense will make it tough. And I think this offense, it's been sputtery to start. It's It's been off and on. And Carson Beck hasn't quite found his, his rhythm. But I do think they, they go into Auburn and kind of make a statement, kind of roll and get that uh, the train rolling towards not only Georgia – winning the SEC or getting into the playoff, but, you know, really three-peating and and being that dominant team again. We'll stay in the SEC here with uh, South Carolina at Tennessee, 7.30 p.m., Tennessee favored by 11.5 at home. And this is is the game that Spencer Rattler kind of had his coming-out party last year, went absolutely insane, had seven incompletions, six touchdowns, so absolutely torched this Tennessee defense. But I think this uh, Tennessee defense is a ton better this year. The pass rush is really awesome. They get after the quarterback at all times, and I think that could be a real struggle for a, a South Carolina offense, offensive line especially that has struggled thus far. So I, I think if Spencer Rattler doesn't have time to throw the ball, it could be a long day for South Carolina, and I tend to think he won't. I think uh, this Tennessee offense has yet to kind of hit their stride, especially pushing the ball downfield this year, and I think this might be the day that they kind of figure it out. South Carolina has given up a ton of big plays this year, and I think this weekend will be no different. I think Joe Milton has something of a coming out uh, coming out party, and I think Tennessee rolls in this one. We will stay in the SEC, actually. Uh, Bama going to Mississippi State at 9 p.m. Bama, uh, Bama favored by 14 and a hook, and... Bama, I think they really did find something in the Ole Miss game, especially in the second half there. I think they kind of found out, you know, they're not going to win games pretty this year. They're not going to win games by a ton of points. They're not necessarily going to score a ton of points. 
But if they can push the right buttons, if they can make the right plays at the right times, they'll be able to win a ton of games. And I think this game is no different. Mississippi State is a really solid defensive team, and I think they might hang around for a little bit. But I think Jalen Milrow in this Bama offense makes a lot of plays, and I think Bama actually kind of rolls, covers that 14.5 points, and maybe wins by two or, or, or maybe wins by three or four touchdowns. And we'll finish up here with the nightcap, 10 p.m., Washington going to Arizona. This is a tough spot for Washington. I think this is the first time that I, I think this defense will really be tested. This offense is obviously out of this world is pushing the ball all all types of around the field, doing all types of things on offense, has three different guys at wide receiver that are absolutely electric. But this defense has kind of not really been tested. Obviously, they played Boise State and did pretty well there, but I think this Arizona game at Arizona will prove a lot about Washington and, and how far they've come from, you know, Obviously, they can score on you. Obviously, they can put up points. But can the defense do enough to um, keep them in games, especially with uh, Oregon coming to town after the bye week? I like Washington to kind of roll here, win at least by two touchdowns. Maybe uh, Arizona does cover that 18.5 spread, but I do like Washington to win. I think they go into the bye week 5-0. and And then coming out of the bye week, they got the Oregon Ducks coming to town. So, they better get their ducks in a row, uh, no pun intended. But um, I, I think Washington rolls in that one, and I think they kind of get their uh, put their stamp on Pac-12 play. Alrighty, that'll do it for this edition of Just Another College Football Podcast. My name is Tommy Brzee. Thanks so much for listening. Get a couple of TVs going this weekend. Get the games on. Enjoy it, and I will see you next time.